2: Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura.
3: All right, let's do it live from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Merely Bo Bishop and joined by a big-time luminary right out of the gates, ah. Assistant General Manager Glenn Cook, joining me here in studio – not in studio, at, at the Combine in Indy. A um, couple of days in, buddy. Um, from When you think about – kind of break down the – obviously this is a critical time. It's the meeting of the league. It's all of those things. But from your perspective, how do you juggle uh, the, the way that you're putting a roster together from – trades free agency you guys did the denzel ward deal today but in the meantime you got all these guys you got to take a look at what's the balance like for you guys
4: yeah i think it's i mean some of it's divide and conquer right so we just make sure we use our team we have a great great staff personnel staff to uh sort of scorch the earth and figure out you know what's happening in the marketplace free agency wise and and sort of kind of digging on the the guys in, at, at the combine and getting information on them so it's you know, not one person can do it all, and that's why we're here to support Andrew and make sure we uh, sort of just build, you know, build up to to both kind of pinnacle moments. So it's been a good few days; felt like it's been five days already, <laughs> you know. But it's been a few day, good days, some good work we've got done so far, and it's, you know we'll, we'll continue to build off of it. But
3: it's good; it's good. We had Andrew on yesterday, and he was um, he was still had some pep in his step, and he said, "You're lucky you're getting me early in the week. Oh man, Friday." Much different, much yeah, different feel. Yeah. It's grueling, right? I mean, there's a lot. We all view it, and I think a lot of the fans view it as you know, it's downtown Indy, it's St. Elmo's, it's Jerry Jones's bus, it's a big party, <laughs> all of this stuff at prime until two o'clock in the morning. But this is critical stuff for you guys. And this is, um, I, I guess, as you as you build towards, you know, you've got your roster retention, the, re- the restructurings that'll happen, you've got free agency, and then you've got the draft. Is this a jumping-off point? Is this a midpoint for you guys? How do you view where the combine lands in your calendar? I think, depending
4: on which phase of the roster building we're talking about, it's it's a different point, right? Sure. In terms of free agency, it's probably a little bit of a jumping-off point. You know, a lot of things will start to to happen once once teams leave here. uh In terms of you know the college, it's probably more of just an early. It's still early in the process, right? Like we've. We've just worked through draft meetings with all of our college scouts and the staff and, and gotten a first good pass on, you know, getting all the information uh, aggregated in, into, you know, the same place. And now we're getting a chance for the first time, honestly, to meet a lot of these players and a lot of these young men. So it's different for different phases, right? So, you know, it's it's good. It's a good opportunity. But you can't – you really can't just take anything you hear here and move off of it. You still have to, you know, use a lot of your process. And we've we've been building. Like Andrew talked about it, right? We he kind of stepped back, you know, when the season was over and assessed everything. And it's it's a part of the planning planning process altogether. So
3: it's yeah. been good. And and just from the, you know that you're curious about where this is going to go. We you think about the you get done with the college season, uh you get into the your senior bowls, your East West Shrine, all that stuff. Then you come here. Then you've got the pro days. Then they meet with you guys. Um, there are some of the guys at the top aren't participating in, in a lot of the on-field stuff. Uh, Marvin Harrison, Jr., uh, receiver out of Ohio State, obviously not going to really do much of anything other than meet from players. From from your perspective, what what part of this process at the Combine is, is most valuable? When you think about the meetings, the medicals, the workouts, or is it all just part of a big pie?
4: I think it all carries a different value for each prospect,
3: right? Yeah. You know, there's,
4: there's – like I said, we, we just went through draft meetings. We've collected a lot of information throughout the fall – so, the, you know, there's some components to the player that, that are more critical for us to dive into uh, while we're here. And that that could, for example, be, you know, mentally just getting a better feel for, you know, what their baseline is in terms of understanding the game of football and what they've done for their three, four years, you know, as a player at their college. And then, you know, some of it will be really important to make sure that, um, you know, medically they're in a good place or yeah. just we have a good sense of what their uh you know history you know as an athlete physically has been so it, it's really an opportunity to to decipher it all you know depending on each each prospect and so that's why it's you know the planning part of it is really important for us to you know go through our meetings kind of understand okay you know when we head to the combine you know we really want to ascertain these specific things on each prospects or you know honestly in terms of our if we have interest in certain markets really hey dive into the receiver class just as an example or it could be you know the corners we really want to make sure we understand leaving there you know just kind of what the feel and vibe is across the league so I think it's it it gives you an opportunity to do it all it's really important for us as an organization as a department to make sure we are really planned out and map it out really well coming into the combine because there is so much you can do and but if you're all over the place
3: you don't you really may not get rich information you, you know? guys have you guys have just crushed uh, some of these mid-round picks uh, recently uh, even some of these these mid to early round picks you think about MJ um, and the player he turned into uh, Dewan Jones is a guy last year before the injury who was unbelievable uh, in in terms of when when was there an instance with those, let's use those two guys as an example mm-hmm. where you saw him over here and it and it was there anything that happened, it was like, Yep, those those guys are gonna check boxes for us. Do you have stories like that of guys that or, or is there still so much to do? There's so much to do but I think it's it's really
4: a, a testament to you know, you talk about the process. I think it's a testament to like, you know, our scouts, you know, used Dewan for an example, like really high grades going into the fall or coming out of the fall, mm-hmm. right? And then you get into draft meetings you kinda understand, okay, hey, you know, like here's a few things we wanna follow up on, um, things we wanna understand. Uh, and then you get to the combine, and you kind of hear some buzz and it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe he, he will be in play. And then, so it just helps. I think it just helps to really like be thorough because you never know. Right. Yeah. Like I, I, in a million years, you wouldn't have thought like DeWan would have made it, you know, <laughs> to the pick that he made it to. But I think because of the way Andrew had us prepared and, and ready to go, like we were, we were able to take advantage of the opportunity. And it's really just like, you know, being prepared for those opportunities. It, that's a little bit of luck, but, mm-hmm. you know, you, you kind of make your own luck. So, you know, we're, we're glad he, he came to us at that spot. And, honestly, some people may say, hey, you guys are stupid for not taking him as <laughs> heavy <Who knows>, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> so, part of, um, it, right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, nonetheless, we're glad we got him where we got him. But, you know, yeah, I think that's a good example of you, you never know. And similarly, it's similar on the side of uh, free agency. You know, sure. you kind of – we we assess what we think guys will – get paid or Mm -hmm. you know maybe where where they may sign and then you know you start to just collect collect information and you're like hmm maybe they're in play you know or you know maybe their market's a little different than than what we thought and you kind of go back and recalibrate your your plan and and
3: and get prepared to execute so gotta be nimble you really do (laughs) assistant general manager Glenn Cook who was quite nimble as a player uh back in the day um I, I wanted to you know we we went through this, this season. I haven't had a chance to talk to you since the season ended. And um, for us, it almost felt like it was three seasons in one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, the Deshaun season. Then there was the injury. And then there was patchwork, a couple of different quarterbacks going. And then there's the Flacco part of it and the magical run at the end. I know that you guys in the moment are, we got a game Sunday, grind, no matter what. But do you now that you've had some distance from it Yeah, and you put into your, my God, Conklin, Chubb, Watson, all of it that happened. How do you put that season into perspective? You've been in football a long time. That was crazy. I Yeah, I've never been through anything like this. Yeah. You know? Like it's uh I mean
4: it's awesome to see you know, you you, you you have these different processes that you put in place. Like, hey, this is our, you know, weekly um, streak free agent process and this is how we assess who's available and this is how we stack the board and we gotta make sure we're on top of communicating with agents and honestly you can go through a year and be really thorough and never really need to use it right and you know your pro group can kind of get maybe a little bit bored with just the redundancy of it but it's I think going through this season it reminds you of the importance of those little things you know of making sure you know we have standards for the players we bring in for workouts or have standards for how we stack our boards and make sure there's a, a good balance of fit and talent you know for some of the, the players who are available in terms of being on the open market. So I think that was refreshing to see, you know, as a personnel department. You don't want to have to use it to, no. this, to this extreme. But, um, you know, kudos to, to like, Adam Alkaya, who's our pro director, and, and B. Francis, Brandon Francis, and, and Shane, and our whole pro group. And just it's just a reminder that every little thing we do across – you know, the operations may impact us. And so, it, but I think it goes throughout, right, and I yeah. be long-winded, but it's like, all right, you know, there's a little bit of, like, the player acquisition piece of it, but then, you know, kudos to, like, our staff for being able to get guys ready to play on such short notice, and then our, you know, our, our just entire development operation, being able to onboard players, and, you know, we got guys coming in, we have injuries, and, you know, it's just that balance of making sure that, you know, we can execute on Sundays, like, it takes – your entire operation, and so it was cool to see, you know, us go into some of our weekly meetings and say, "Hey, we got these five new guys coming in. This is who they are. You know, this is what we need to get done. You know, you know these guys are going to be on peace squad. This guy may need to play. You know, here's our plan. Everybody be on board with executing it, and and then see them play on Sundays and help us win games. You know, that's that. That was the the piece that was probably the coolest because, you know, you don't if you're not in the building every day you may not get to see that you just see Sunday right yeah. you know you just see you know the the guy show up and start 60 snaps and you're like oh man he's a great you know it was awesome mm-hmm. but there's a lot that that goes into it behind the scenes. And a lot of those people maybe don't get the the credit that yeah. you know they deserve for it so that part was was really good It was
3: really good to me it was it was such an organizational triumph yeah to go to win 11 games with five quarterbacks and you play your fourth and fifth tackles and nick goes down early like it was it was a true testament to what you all have built from the standpoint from the ground up to your point it takes every piece of that and the crazy thing and you you hit on it most of the fans out there look they're, they're interested in sundays that's it's, that's it but it's the rest of it and and for you guys, there is no time to feel sorry. No, you have no time because no. Sunday comes. Yeah, and we got to make sure we 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 put a good team out there for our. Yeah. fan. I mean, our fans
4: are, as you know, they track us, right? <laughs> so they're <laughs> they're tracking everything we do, and that, you want that level of accountability. Yeah, as a as a team, right? Like Cleveland deserves it. So you're right, right? Like it, you know, it there's there's a little bit of a pressure, but you can't feel sorry, you know. Like Deshaun goes down. You, you can't feel sorry. You got to you got to play on Sunday. And when you feel like you have a good team and you still can be competitive, our job is: Hey, what do we need to do to win this game? Coach always talks about going one and zero, right? So yeah. our mindset is like: Hey, who and what do we need to do in order to put us in position to win this next game on Sunday? And then, hey, we have another injury. What do we need to do to put ourselves in position to 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 win this game on Sunday? So between Kevin and AB, there is there's no leeway in terms of filling tire for yourself no. and, you know ab is very much like hey this is what what, what, what what's the plan you know yes. this is what we need to do one of the guys getting in keep me up to you know like there's it's the train
3: moves so yeah that's the cool. if if i would have told you at the green that joe flacco and <laughs> kareem hunt would account for 20 some touchdowns my goodness come on man I, <laughs> come okay. on man long Let's as, it, that long that, as what, it long as it resulted awesome. in a playoff, you know, appearance. It was I would have been like, yeah, but it, yeah. It's just a, it's just testament though to yeah. how you got how you had to be at no stone was unturned. Yeah. That's yeah. that's really the And then I guess the question then becomes now as you guys head into this off-season, you have the restructure of Denzel, uh the question now becomes like how how do you make sure you've had su- sustained success here? But how do you make sure that a season that kind of had three seasons to it? springboard you forward in an AFC that's unrelenting in terms of the talented teams
4: yeah I was kind of having this conversation earlier just you know kind of sitting around talking and it's like you definitely want to build off of that and make it a standard for Cleveland right like I think like I said Andrew talked about stepping back and assessing where we are and our goal isn't just to make the playoffs once it's not even just to make the playoffs like we want to push deep into the playoffs and compete for for the ultimate goal so we we have to we have to push ourselves right you, you can't be complacent and just like oh you know one year take a breath it's like okay who are we you know where do we need to improve you know what are some things we need to enhance and then you know how do we make sure we can compete in this conference i mean it's it's a competitive conference um yeah you look at the quarterbacks honestly you look at the teams yeah and just, there is no no rest for the weary in terms of no <laughs> you know what what we're facing uh going into next season so we, we understand that and that's why it's important for us to have a good week here, right? Like, the, this is just dealing with what's in front of us and have a good week here and make sure we're
3: prepared to head into free agency. I think the other thing that was really cool this year is you had, like, these are guys that you guys have incubated. These are guys you guys have drafted that we've watched grow up that went from young players to men. You think about, I mean, I just think about the growth of Miles. Not yeah. just, I mean, obviously, awesome. he's one of the best players in the game, yeah. but just in terms of his personality, winning defensive player of the year. Denzel Ward, uh, a guy who goes back to a Pro Bowl, talked about MJ Emerson. Jay, okay. Yeah come on man like there were some these are homegrown guys these are guys drafted developed and now blossomed they really and and so i guess from a fan perspective as you start to go ahead to next year like all those guys are back man like the heartbeat of this team and those are just the defensive guys and so when you talk about that standard of this is the brown standard like they're the ones responsible in large part for what happens true and also the goal is uh you know to continue
4: that right like so it's to your point, I came the year before we drafted Miles, mm-hmm. and right? This is what you wanted to happen, right? Like, you wanted to build around players like him and Denzel and create, like, a, a baseline for, like, who we are as as the Cleveland Browns. But also, like, we – if you look at it, we, we did it in every way, mm-hmm. right? Like, we, we had impact from people we acquired through the draft. We had impact from, you know, Dalvin and Oboe, who we signed yeah. as free agents, and then Z. You know, the, like we, you know, we traded for Z Dustin Hopkins. We traded for, you know, we signed to Shelby in 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 August. So, like, from now until August, like, there's a lot of opportunity if you do what you need to do to make your team better. And it doesn't always play out that way, no. right? Like, there needs to be that that match of like, you know, opportunity, resources, and everything. But we understand it's not only done through one avenue, and uh, we've tried to keep our minds open to, hey, just our job is to acquire talent, do it in the, the, the most feasible way and efficient way for the organization to sustain winning. But it's not only going to happen through free agency, like, so we don't need to solve quote unquote, every, you know, problem or, or need in that manner. And so it, that, that part was also cool to see, you know, like we trade for Dustin and he comes in and just kicks his butt off. Right. Crushes it, man. (laughs) And then, you know, I remember talking about it post-cutdown and it's just like, look, we just know he's gonna, you know, we know or believe that he's just gonna make kicks, right? Like so, like he, there's, you know, everyone has warts or whatever, but our, you know, we had confidence that he would make kicks. We had confidence that Shelby would just come in and play well. You know, I don't have a crystal ball to tell you would play that well, but you know, like that, that's our job to try to find players who fit what we do and put them in positions to be successful, and those guys yeah. perform so
3: we you've done a hell of a job at it. We're good, trying. Good talking trying. to you, buddy. Same. That's our great assistant general manager, Glenn Cook, joining us here from the NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis. Head coach, Kevin Stefanski, is going to join us in about a half hour from now, thereabouts. Chris Rose is on the program today. Load it up, kids. Absolutely loaded up. Keep it here. We're off and running. Cleveland Browns Daily 850
5: ESPN. Apple Card is the
6: perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple.
2: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
3: here for my team at Renew Home Exteriors, now reducing new Ascend composite clad siding, featuring a beautiful deep green look, 20 available colors on that. You can keep that just-installed look for a lifetime with this low-maintenance siding, plus with the reduced price match guarantee, you can be assured you receive the best price for your exterior project even after you buy Renew Home Exteriors, superior products, and superior service. Visit RenewEstimate.com. Hello, Gibbe. Hi. As we broadcast live over here in Indianapolis, Coach will be joining us here in – Twenty minutes or so. Yeah, I'm trying to get. Title.
5: He's talking to the media now, and and just kind of a look behind the curtain because everybody's like, "Why do you not? Why do you not take the press conference?" Yeah. Well, none he's of can't. the questions are mic'd. No. <laughs> so there's a player that's talking at the podium right next to them. Yes. That's just loud and overpowering. Yeah. So we'll have some cuts from it a little bit later on. But well, it's
3: here's the thing. You, I mean, this is a it's a huge convention center, and you have dais after dais after dais and basically the way that it works here is like in a normal press conference setting it's one press conference one guy talking and you pass around a mic or you can hear it because it's in a smaller room it's an enormous room and there's a bunch of press conferences happening at the same time so yeah people are just shouting out questions You're just yelling yeah it's it's no good
5: you get the you get the coach audio clear but you have no idea what he's actually been asked yeah so i can tell you Kevin Stefanski did say he and Ken Dorsey will fly, will visit Deshaun Watson and
3: fly to LA next week. There you go. There's a little news. Check in and see. Check in and see how he's going. We had AB yesterday saying, you know, it's it's the, the thinking was at the time the, the 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 thinking at the time of the injury and once you knew what the surgery was going to be would be that he would be throwing. You wanted him throwing by you know fully at minicamp. Like that was the hope is that by minicamp he'd be spinning it. So um, that's May. So, you've got some time.
5: Got a few. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, that's we, we've got some good news, uh, at least on that front. Yeah. So, things are progressing.
3: Yeah, very much so. We have uh, – so, today is the – Yesterday was actually the he- the heavy lifting. Most of the teams spoke yesterday. Uh, Kevin, there aren't that many coaches or GMs. There were not. only five talking today. Four of them, five of them? Yeah, five of them. So that, that kind of gives you yeah. an idea. Much, much of the news happened yesterday. Today is when the prospects are starting to come in. So there were linebackers who were speaking uh, this morning. Um, I know I saw... Marvin Harrison walked through the building uh with his dad which is kind of a cool flex <laughs> to you know oh my dad's jersey's in the Raptors over there so he he walked through um so you get a little bit of that uh the every all of the players are starting to matriculate in uh their coaches their agents and that type of thing for us it's an interesting spot i mean you're not picking until 54 correct so i, I thought that was interesting how you know how Glenn talked about Dewan and i I thought it was a, a funny moment where he said look why don't you take him at 74 and it's like you know, we could have taken him earlier, too. Sure. So, it's not like we knew that it would be – we knew we liked him. but you know, How much did you know exactly? And Further so. down there, Fila. I need to pop Bo up a
5: little bit. There you go. Yeah, no. uh, nope. Uh, third one. One more. There one more. Hey. Now you're talking.
3: There you go. There you got it. I, That's your sweet That might be a little hot. Maybe yeah. a, I got you. I got you. There you go. There you go. We're going back and
5: forth yeah. here. Yeah, you're good. We, we good don't want
3: to, I don't want to screw up the cameras before Coach comes. Well, God forbid. I Yeah. For it's bit. A quick turn can't on. have that. Can't have that. Um, a couple of uh, bits of league news: Josh McCown was hired by the Vikings as their new quarterback coach. Uh, he was with the Panthers in the same position last year. Remember, he was big time CJ Stroud guy. Uh huh. Um, and probably sleeps well at night knowing that he was <laughs> did feel strongly about that. Uh, the Chiefs also releasing wide receiver Mar- uh, Martez Valdez Scantling. Uh, so he is released. Uh, I saw the Jets uh, allowed for. Uh, Wilson to seek a trade uh, that happened Joe Douglas just talked about a half hour ago yeah yeah.
5: Okay. go ahead seek a trade good, good luck good luck
3: I hope for not the best. quite the, sure the, what you're getting back we there. could sort those things out uh happy a 30th birthday to Alwyn Tomlinson 30 today how about that just there a we go old man Did you see uh speaking of Dewan Jones you see him last night after the Struce three to win the game no <laughs> he's in a Joe Thomas jersey <laughs> He, he was celebrating the win. It was pretty great. Yeah, it was. Kind of, I, I know Cole Emerson was there courtside. Yeah, I think a lot of our cats were in the mix. Um, and, yeah, but I did see Dewan there celebrating it. And he was a hell of a basketball player right here in Indy. Oh, uh, yeah. very good basketball player. Now, are you aware that Griff and I birded home
5: last night after so dinner? I thought it might be the last time I see either one of you two. Well, when you said goodnight, yeah. we're going to go bird home. He was you go excited to about it. And enjoy your best life.
3: He was excited about it. It was a long bird ride because we were all the way on the other side of the our basketball arena, and hotels clear at the other end of downtown. So it was a, it's a, it's a long bird. And I made the executive decision rather quickly, probably I don't know forty percent of the way into the voyage that my bird was not up to speed, uh, that the top speed on my bird was eight nine miles an hour at best, and it's just not going to cut it when you are trying to survive the mean streets of Indianapolis on a on a Tuesday. So I upgraded my bird. Griff did not upgrade his bird. So I shut my ride down, started another one, and then caught him later. And then as we approached the hotel, um, now you, it's like you're in two lanes that are turning. It says don't ride on the sidewalk. I don't want to break laws. I want to be someone who adheres. But at the same time, it's, it's real life Frogger. Th-
5: things get a little dicey near our hotel. Yeah.
3: And there's, I'm, not ha- I'm not in a helmet. I'm going 20 miles an hour, and there's cars whizzing by. And I see Griff off to the left, and I'm like, i got to make a go for it here
5: winds are picking up. Hope Weather's Weather's weather was getting dicey.
3: The wind was blowing through. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was a lot going on. So I get, I get through, and I, I leave Griff in the dust, not because of a lack of love, but rather just because it was functionality. I get there, and then I go, well, I want to make sure he's okay. So I start walking around the corner, and I don't see him. Now, he claims he went right to the hotel. That's what he claims. But I didn't see him.
5: Did he go a different way? Because there's two ways around. Possible. Did
3: you go around, or did you just come right straight down the one way? Oh, you went back around. Oh, you oh. went the long – that's what you did. You got in the turn lane, so I thought I saw you going to the J-Dub and you were going to go be a little bit of a lounge lizard instead down and around. That's why I missed you because I thought he evapor- vaporized. Now, I wasn't that worried about it. It's not like I tried to call him or anything. I felt like he'd be okay. <laughs>
5: I never got a text,
3: so yeah. I, f- I felt like everybody was good and yeah. alive. Yeah. So Yeah, we thrived. We thrived. And then we had a sp- – from what I understand, there was you, – you, you ordered. You were in the – there was an order. So he. he, he Are you so aware was the of this? guy
5: next to him who had a stomach ache during was the Was he in the mix too? Uh, oh, f- from a different Felix- location.
3: Griff door dashed a milkshake.
5: Oh, I heard. He told me this morning, and I literally stopped my breakfast at him. From where? Tell me like, where.
3: Where's it from? You, you, you door dashed. So was it 15 bucks? $9. bucks. i have never heard of anybody door dashing a milkshake to a hotel. I couldn't love him more. What kind? Chocolate milkshake. That's ice cream, milk, chocolate. <laughs> $9. Nine bucks. Guy brought it to him. Like he's Jerry you're Jones. Paying, you're paying for the service. He's like Jerry Jones in the bus. Give me what I need from Steak and Shake when I need it. That's I, the way it goes. Yeah, <laughs> he told, there,
5: There's been a number of door dashing orders placed out of our department here this week. You're just no saying, names please all, anyway. to what's That's going on. It's all on the Browns expense sheet. Hey, Ricky, I've got something coming in. Just so you know, Ricky, going just, <laughs> just blow through we're gonna, those door caches. Go right underneath the uh, <laughs> underneath the window.
3: <laughs> uh, those are your hot topics of the day, presented by Vivid Seats, official fan experience partner of your Cleveland Browns. Oh, one other thing, don't yeah, miss. we? We might as well just hold. Do you want to hang? We got some. Maybe you we tell should. me what to do, because you got Chris Sims coming. I you know. Do, and, what do we want to do? How do you want to manage this? I feel like let's produce m- a show live on the air. What <sighs> do you want to do? Do you want it? Is is Coach coming sooner? I think so he's still doing, talking right now. So, so, I think you got a lot of time then. My guess is Coach will join us around two. I, that's I think I'm like set. 150 is what I'm thinking. But he, you're going to do a local gaggle too, though. Yeah. That hasn't taken place. So I don't, that's thi- be I don't at least think that's taken place
5: yet. you got
3: boots on the ground over there? What's Uno doing?
5: Kevin Stefanski said he hasn't decided if he or Ken Dorsey will call plays. I mean, that's no news. Right. It's not. Um,
3: I don't know what's going on with Uno. He's got to be over there. That kid's excitability is infectious. Who knows? hes real jacked up. He's got to be over there. I think they're going to. Are, are, are you and Griff going to Butler tonight? Are you going to Hinkle? You're going too. Yeah, that's fantastic. those two are going to Hinkle Fieldhouse. We had—we went last year. Yes, um, Marquette. It's, it was. Yeah, it's—it's it's awesome. If yeah, that's I—I I bang on this place a lot, but man, from a ease of use, um, the fact that there are. An ease of use in terms of getting your work done, the fact that there are a great many really nice restaurants all down here that you can get into without much trouble. I mean, like yeah. everybody talks about Elmo's, but there's a lot of great restaurants. There's a lot of
5: new ones over by th- – We thought, how We're many here. did we walk by last night? Yeah. In the new arena district. Yeah. yeah. We can break. He just finished.
3: Okay. So all we right. can so we time can this out ready. perfectly. So we'll time this out perfectly. So Chris Sims will be next. Chris Sims. That's how this is going to go. I should also tell you, don't miss Billy Joel and Rod Stewart. I'm not (laughs) sure if you've heard this. I don't know when It's the first time ever. It's September 13th. Got it. It's on a Friday. Friday. It's at Cleveland Browns Stadium. Tickets are on sale now. Visit clevelandbrownstadium.com slash Billy and Rod 2024 for more information. It's Billy Joel and Rod Stewart together for one night. Only Chris Sims with Z. Coming up next, you're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN's Cleveland. (laughs)
2: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: What a treat it is. The highlight of the Combine every year. Gibbe finally has wrangled highlight. in the great Chris Sims. <laughs> That's right. And, and we get a chance. So first of all, how are you doing, man? Great to see you. I'm great.
7: I'm doing good. You know, just uh, it, it's like I'm changing gears, right? I went from NFL evaluating, you know, the season, teams, all that, the Super Bowl. And now I'm like, okay, now I got, you know, three, 400 players. I got to start <laughs> to watch on film and start diving into that. So
0: a little stressful, but cool. Always good to be here and start this process. Is it fun kind of you've seen how this has grown just to become this media kind of massive event for the National Football League? Definitely. I mean, it's what
7: what's what makes the NFL the king is that, you know, we dominate, you know, weeks like this where it's like we're not even playing. And like it's still the number one thing in American sports. Right. And from where it's gone, from even my days of playing in the early 2000s, it's in a different stratosphere, the media coverage now. I mean, I was running the 40. It wasn't on TV at the NFL Combine. Nothing like that was going on. I wish
0: it was. It but should have been.
7: like 75 different cameras just on the one race, let alone all the other cameras. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, is, it has grown, but I think it's pretty, you know, it shows what the,
0: what the sport is in our country right now. Another incredible season from the National Football League. You get Mahomes. Getting it done yeah, again. Right. And now you got to start thinking about where he is historically, right? Winning oh, yeah. three already. What'd you take away from that season? And the Chiefs, who have kind of shifted into a new style team Definitely. and still getting it done.
7: The Chiefs kind of switched into like Patriot mode this year. We're just going to win the game. We don't really care how it looks. If we have to win 10 3, if we have to win 17 14, so what? We'll win the game. They weren't always like that. Yeah. You know, they were always like, no, we're still going to throw at every play and 400 yards throwing, no matter what. Even if you don't play defensive lineman, we're still going to throw it every play right and to me that was interesting cuz it felt brady and patriot like this year like oh they got the... I've never seen a team play b minus football all regular season and then get to january and go we're going to play a Super Bowl level now. That's very rare. They're special. Uh, but it was a great year. It really was. It was a year where there was no, it never felt like there was sustained greatness from anybody. We had the Niners for a chunk of time. Then the Ravens knocked them off their pedestal. But then the end of the season came, and that wasn't a long extended time either. So it was a little weird that way. And, you know, everybody let the Chiefs hang around, and they kept getting better and better. And, and like, you talked about that quarterback. I mean, come on. That quarterback is already one of the all-time greats. He's one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the history of football already. There's no doubt about that. What he's done, what he's been expected to do from day one in the NFL, nobody has ever had to do that. Maybe Dan Marino, right? You know, But even Tom Brady, it was defense, run the ball, manage the game for the first three Super Bowls. They literally were like, go out there and carry the team from the start, and that's where it's a little different than, than most of them.
0: You know, I grew up in the Bay Area, big Niners fan. I know you and I both share an affinity for Kyle. It just was so hard watching because when they got the ball back down three, it just felt inevitable. Like you knew Mahomes was going to do it, and then he did it.
7: Yeah, that's why, you know, the the Chris Jones pressure on the goal line on third down was so huge because you just felt like, oh, man, field goal. I don't know if a field goal is going to get it done in this moment, right? Right. You, you know, you, you want a touchdown and maybe him make them force the two point conversion sure. and see if he can win the ball that game that way. It's a tough decision. It really is. Impossible. You know, it is. It, it you know, the analytics, we're in the world of analytics and it says it's fifty-fifty, but yet my buddy Shanahan's getting crucified yeah. for something that the analytics say is right down the line. Now I think, hey, you do have to take into account who the quarterback is on the other side. The other thing I think people miss too is just that, you know, it was a field goal game. Right, So he's thinking, hey, third possession, I kick the field goal, we win the game in the overtime. And his defense was just on the field for 11 plays in a minute, 50 seconds. That was, he, they just did of a CrossFit class. Of and I think that's hard to just go, hey, defense, go out there again and stop Mahomes, no problem. That, that, that was you know, a, a very tough decision, and I feel for them. They, they outplayed the Chiefs. Yes. But that's what's crazy about the Chiefs. They're the ultimate get-it-done team. And I feel like they've won three Super Bowls with probably being the lesser team on the field in all three but they find a way to get it done, and that's the grit of Mahomes
0: and, of course, Andy Reid, who really instills it all. No doubt. And now the great part about it: everybody here is it all begins anew, right? Back to zero and zero, everybody on the same foot. Now, I noticed right before we got a chance to talk to you, you had the Bears general manager, Ryan Poles, and it feels like they're kind of holding the keys to really how this offseason is going to unfold with the the Justin Fields trade potential, Caleb Williams. Did he give you anything in your interview? No, but. I'll be shocked if they don't draft Caleb Williams at this point.
7: Changing the offensive coordinator. Here's my biggest thing that I've been kind of saying for a number of weeks. Where did Ryan Poles come from? Kansas City. He saw them draft a guy that, here's a guy that's got a lot of the same skill set as Mahomes. Maybe not as big as Mahomes is, but everything else is very similar. I haven't deep dived the quarterbacks yet. I have a little feel from them watching them on film, but not like, I'm not ready to make rankings. But, uh, I expected to go there. They made an offensive coordinator change, right? Uh, I feel like GMs usually don't want to get fired or go down with, wait, I didn't even pick this quarterback, right? So all those things, uh, and in my early look of the quarterback class, Caleb Williams kind of looks like there's separation from him compared to everybody else. All right,
0: right? so that's a little spoiler for yeah. what's coming your way yeah, here with almost the Bears.
7: It's making me feel like it's not as fun this year because it's like it, it kind of feels like, you know, I, I watched about – 50 to 80 throws on all the good players this weekend, right? The quarterbacks, yep. the top-tier ones. And I kind of came away going, I don't know. I think there's one guy, then there's a little bit of a drop. and We'll see where that goes. You know, I, I thought that last year, too. I, th- I had C.J. Stier- Stroud in a you tier yeah. all by himself, right? Um, but not everybody agreed with me. This one, it seems like I think everybody's kind of in
0: consensus here with this one. Well, the odd thing was it kind of felt like what had happened with Ohio State quarterbacks previously was being held against That's C.J. So Stroud. Stupid.
7: Like, like, like what? Like what's, a, like, coaches from 30 years ago that have nothing to do with, oh, they, they, that quarterback, did. like, who the hell cares? What does that mean? Stop doing that. Just because they went to the same school does not mean it's the same person, the same way they were coached. You know, there's a lot of things that go into that. I know, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah, no
0: I personally would have been happier if C.J. Stroud was in Carolina <laughs> instead of in Houston. We had yeah, to deal yeah, with him, yeah. obviously, in the playoffs. But uh, Brown season – kind of a magical season to go 11 and 6 five different quarterbacks four four quarterbacks won a game for the Cleveland Browns from afar watching it Kevin Stefanski obviously got coach of the year for the yeah. second time in four years what did you kind of make of this kind of wild Brown season.
7: I mean, awesome, really, in a lot of ways, right? I know it didn't end the right way. And it, it was, a t- you know, that, that was a team with that quarterback. And as aggressive as you guys play, it was one of the tougher matchups I think you would have saw in all the AFC playoffs, yeah. because they weren't afraid to chuck it deep and take those chances, because he's so awesome that way. But how could you not be in lo- I have a man crush on the Browns defense. I mean, the whole year, if you listen to me on Football Night in America, my podcast, whatever, I was just like, oh, my gosh, this defense. Now, were they a little aggressive at times? Yes, that was one thing. If you saw me on Football Night in America all the time, I was like, rein it in a little. Just we don't have to go for the kill every play. But, man, Jim Schwartz, what he did, phenomenal. Stefanski, you know, the balancing still of the Deshaun Watson aspect and the injuries you had on offense and all that, how can you not just talk, you know, high praise about what he did so yeah I'm, I'm you know as a football guy I'm super excited where the Browns are as a team uh, I, I think you'll be right back in the mix of where you were last year and of course yeah, the Flacco thing was was magical at the end it was a great story but I had the same thing with him where I was going will they just rein him in a little bit right it scared me and of course it all came to fruition there on that Saturday afternoon in Houston
0: it certainly did. You mentioned Deshaun Watson. And the last time we saw him, right. he played a flawless fourth quarter, yep. didn't throw an incompletion, right. ran, led them back from down double digits in Baltimore. That's, like, why he was brought here. And then you're feeling, maybe we can go to the Super Bowl. And then by Wednesday, he's out for the season. What did you see from him, though, that gives you encouragement as a Browns fan, you know, going into this year? I feel like he got finally comfortable again. That would be the biggest
7: thing. You know, I know he's got the physical ability still, right? Um I, uh, the arm's still there, you know, fearless in the pocket, all that, no concerns there. To me, it was kind of the, the things we talked about last year, is just haven't played in a while. I don't care who you are, it ain't easy just to jump in there and go, hey, I'm the man again, right? And. It just feels like every time I felt like, oh, here he goes. Oh, he hurts his shoulder in Indianapolis. Oh, here it goes. Watch out for Cleveland. And then he gets hurt in Baltimore. So that's the unfortunate thing. That's where I feel for him. But it did look like he turned the corner of, wait, I'm starting to feel like myself again. And I can make some plays and do that type of stuff. So hopefully he can grow on that. He gets healthy here and gets a full
0: offseason under his belt. I can tell you when, you know, in the Baltimore, the setup is there's a very narrow walkway to come down to get to the buses when you're going out to the team buses. And I was out there and that's exactly what we see. he's like. I'm me again. Yeah. yeah. And then right. on Wednesday, he was gone for the year, uh, but he, he'll be back. Yeah. And the Browns, I feel like, are doing some things that are clearly Deshaun-focused, bringing yeah. in Ken Dorsey sure. with his background. What do you think that means for the Browns' offense? I
7: just think it adds more to the versatility of the offense overall. I mean, we know Stefanski's still going to have his imprint and things that he does within the offense. But now, hey, some new ideas in the building, some new plays, some new looks, things like that. That, to me, is the thing that it, you know, I would be excited about, Ken Dorsey. And then, I think on top of that, Watson's got a lot of Josh Allen qualities, can run, throw, throw on the run, extend plays, do all that stuff, strong arm. The field is you know, endless as far as where his arm can reach. So I think there is a guy there that's played with a guy like that and goes, wait, I could do this play with this guy. I can do that play. And I think that's where it's going to be you know, beneficial for the, the whole football team. I think it'll be even beneficial for Stefanski because he's going to go, oh, wait, that's how you did this? Oh, you do it like that? That's cool. And to me, that's
0: what a lot of great coaches do. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun to see kind of the evolution of this Browns offense. Get you out of here on this one, AFC North. It would be nice for the Browns if they could just have a nice time in their division. Other teams could be maybe in their rebuilding phase. No, No. Ravens are elite, the Bengals are elite, Steelers are still dangerous. What do you make of this division?
7: Well, it's brutal. It is. It's super talented, and I, you know, I I have no doubt that you guys, the Bengals and the Ravens, will be back in the mix. The Steelers, I'm not ready to say that. You know, like you said, they're tough, they're gritty. They Tomlin knows how to manage games. They're a pain in the butt. Yeah. But I don't think that their talent level is up there with the three that we just previously mentioned. Man, the AFC in general is brutal. I mean, it's as good as I've ever seen. So. Uh, yeah, you get your hands full, and, and that's why, you, you know, get healthy, run the ball. That D, Deshaun gets back going like we know he can get going. I'd say watch out for Cleveland. Chris, thank you for the time. No problem. Anytime. All
3: right, that's Z with Chris Sims and NBC Sports NFL Network host. Of course, Kevin Stefanski is going to join us coming up next. Before we do that, though, I should remind you to be part of the, one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Join Next Gen STM, presented by Ticketmaster, the official waitlist of the Cleveland Browns. Being a Next Gen STM is the best chance to become a season ticket member in future seasons. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash nextgenSTM to reserve your spot today. Head coach Kevin Stefanski is going to join the program coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
3: All right, welcome back into Cleveland the Browns Daily here on a first Friday edition of the program. Broadcasting live over at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Big time second hour of the program for you. The great Chris Rose will join us on the program. Uh, Jason Reed as well will join us of ESPN on the NFL draft side is things. Starting into some of the perspective prospects the Browns could be eyeing in that second round. You know the positions of need. Um perhaps receiver perhaps running back perhaps interior of defensive line linebacker get a look at some of the guys who could be there at 54 by the time the Browns pick and perhaps some who could fall uh we'll wait we're waiting on coach he did his uh his <laughs> availability and then he vaporized he did his uh, he did his availability with the uh with the media and then he had his breakout session with the local media um touched on a lot of the same things that Andrew had touched on in terms of the Greenbrier and uh, the update on Deshaun Watson it uh, sounds like him and Ken Dorsey are going to go there next yep. week and and visit with Deshaun out in Los Angeles, get kind of a progress report on where all of that stands. Well, at least Uno's here. Where's I mean, Coach? He didn't know. Where'd he go? Did you watch? Was he in frame of your sight? Crushing and it. Did he disappear like that? Just vaporized?
5: Even no. Even Fela's looking. No no no, no. no.
3: no. 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 You ought to be able to just just give him. He's, he's gone. He's the gone. The man is gone. I, I, Fela's texting me now. I sent Fela. Fela's going to do a little investigative reporting. Yeah, I don't know if Fela knows where he went. The man is gone. He was meeting with the assembled media, and then gone. He went that way.
5: Oh, Somewhere he's on there. with CBS right now. Oh, there you go. Well, that'd have been nice. <laughs>
3: That's very good.
5: Crushing the communication.
3: That's solid. That's solid. There
5: we got we got that going for us.
3: <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> oh my God! How many years have i done this? I. I don't know. I'm t- this is it. I hope you enjoy this. <laughs> I hope you enjoy the you look know, of me you here. You say. You say. This I know, every I can't believe I'm back. I can't you, believe
5: I then came then back. And then you come back. No, no. You always just, come back no. for more, buddy. The
3: only reason I'm coming back is if somehow he comes back and he and I get to do it some sort of bird reunion. Otherwise, no chance. No chance. I've I've seen enough, brother. Um, all right. So he's uh, coach will join us at some point. I know that Chris Rose will join us because I see Chris right there. Chris is right there. Yeah. So I know he's coming. I know that for a fact.
5: But I don't want to shortchange Chris. I, if want if to, a I want to
3: big change, Chris. Big change.
5: Little I, want, change. I want all of all See, Chris of the and I, I got smart I last night. Chris and I left the one establishment, and then all hell broke loose weather-wise, and I was already in my room, and Chris was in his room, and people that were at the establishment we were at had to wait almost 90 minutes to get out because of the weather.
3: It was legitimate. We had, yeah. a, we had a weather issue uh there were there was a tornado that touched down near columbus uh, really this morning yeah like 5 a.m there were t- tornado sirens all over central ohio um i f- i heard the pummeling on the window it, i was jostled in the middle of the night by that
5: see i got the noise app on the phone
3: yeah i, I do too so I it don't... takes a lot to yeah it takes a lot to be able to for that to happen but my window was west facing so it was a, a little different it was a it was a direct hit man to say the least um but yeah like that was crazy through here and we went from they're going to go from in the 60s to in the 30s in 12 hours you know because the night before was in the 60s I mean, we woke up this morning
5: it was 32 degrees
3: yeah 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 and that's what's coming back home yeah as well um so coach touched on still no decision on ken dorsey correct coach touched on uh there he and ken are headed out to deshaun Next week to get a little status report, check in on him, visit with him, have those conversations. Um, so you get that. Uh, he spoke uh, and Andrew talked about the Greenbrier a little bit about the the need to come back. If when we get him, what I am what I want to talk to him about because we haven't had him on this show since the season ended is. This is a guy who in the moment thinks about the next minute. I'm curious now that he's had some distance from the season, if he can give some perspective on one that had, you know, four award winners, including himself winning coach of the year for the second time and, and how exactly they were able to do that. Now he's not going to give, take a lot of credit for himself because that's not how he goes, but he's going to have to, he's got some of it for for keeping this thing together. And um, I think it was interesting when we had Glenn on just talking about the, the idea of like, there's no time. There's no so time. Like you just Sundays come and you got to get going. But now you have had a little time and and to try to put perspective on an 11 win season that had five quarterbacks and playing your fourth and fifth tackles and all of those things that occurred this season. Well, I mean, it was it's a, it was a it was a wild ride. And then the next thing you got to do is you got to make sure that like that be, that's now the standard. That I mean this is something and you know I know it's it's Pitts Puke and it's the Squealers and it's all of that, but they do that every year. Yeah. Regardless of what happens around them, they do that. That's so that's their standard is a winning season and they do it every year. And so you want to be have that be the, the 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 floor now that that winning seasons are the floor. And then you chase championships in, in the midst of all of that. And so that's what you're trying to do there. That's a true organizational success. And that's what you're striving for. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you're working on
5: the other small little details. Yeah. I mean, the, the, that aren't small. You know, right. he, he, he announced we're we're working on a new weight room. Uh, that's one yeah. area we want to get a lot better in.
3: Well, and some of that was they – I mean, because – well, some of that was the – was that the COVID where we had to move the weight room?
5: So we had the, to move the weight room outside into the field house. In the field house. That was a COVID So our 70-yard right so field house be... is now a 50-yard field house. Right. Not right. ideal. Not ideal, no. And, no. and I think, uh, you know, they took some – they they took some blueprint ideas from when we were at UCLA. Yeah. And I think that's what you'll see from a weight room update, you know, that put the money in. Like that it's yeah. part of your off-season program to get guys ready.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be some of the things that that'll that'll happen here and it it's this is a this is a component of their off-season and by the way, like it's our coach still comes, not all do. Yeah. You know, Kyle Shanahan's out here, I Sean think McVay's. 5 or 6? Yeah. Yeah, are we're sitting it out? So they're they're sitting this thing out, and and you, you'll have all the front office guys here. But in terms of of coaches, it's not necessarily a must anymore in terms of coming over here. So, but Kevin has always had such a hand in 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 everything that happens day to day. I can't imagine him not being uh, involved in this. So hopefully, we'll get a chance to talk to him here in the in the second hour of the program. We hope.
5: Well, and, and well, he is with CBS. I've been told we are next. So.
3: Like next, 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 next. Like, it, but is it next on this show?
5: I, I think it's next on this show. I think, maybe.
3: You heard it from the from Who the mouth knows? of Gibby.
5: I mean, I you hey, heard it from the mouth of Gibby. If you manage your expectations, you can't be disappointed.
3: I know I won't be. You put Chris on. I know we're not going to be disappointed. I'm He's aware. Right He's sitting like right that's there. We could have done a whole segment. Well, we had the time of our lives. You know, looking back and rose. And I'm sorry, All the fun things.
5: Uh, don't worry. You're up. You're up after coach. No offense. I mean,
3: that's where he was slotted. He's <laughs> that's at, right. He, he's slotted on the rundown. At 15. It's just all the rest of it went to hell, Gibby. That's it, the problem. It takes
5: one little thing. Like we had it timed out perfectly. The yeah. Sims interview. Yeah. Great. Yep. Wrapped up. Went to break. Same. Coach was wrapping up with local media. Then he disappears. Then he, Other uh, side of the curtain. On,
3: now we're on CBS. So that's and he could get pinched again. It's ah. in play on the way over. What if somebody, what if there's a grabbing? I don't know. You know, yeah. you've got a very, very powerful beat that at any point might need two or three more follow up questions. So it's all in play. We'll see. Yeah. It's still going to be an adventure, kids. We encourage you to stick around. you are listen to Cleveland Browns daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
3: And for a team of injury lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns broadcasting live at the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, the great Chris Rose joining me here. Good to see you, buddy. Where's the other guy? What would you do with him? Did you chase him out of I, here? I asked for a guy in a beard who was devilishly handsome, and look oh, what I got. for goodness Where's Stefanski? Where is he's he? He's around the corner. Can we
6: get him? I don't know. We I, had, I swear, had he'll a couple be here of, in 90 seconds.
3: I don't think so. i We sent some of our – I was going to say some of our best, some of our medium people after it, and <laughs> I, we didn't <laughs> get much been for answers. They've from so honestly, best to medium? Yeah, very, very middling. This is what happens? It was a middling – we were trying and, to – And call. trending down. No idea. Sorry. So how many how many hours are you going to broadcast over here on the a NFL lot.
6: Network? We're going to start at 3 o'clock local time on Thursday, and we'll finish it up uh, probably 5 o'clock on Sunday. So w- without any breaks. We're so going, like, if you want to turn NFL Network on at 2 a.m., we'll probably still be there <laughs>
3: straight through. How much are you personally anchoring?
6: So I am on the, um, on on that I like in the to concourse. call, the Lido deck of our of our cruise ship. <laughs> Uh, Rich and Daniel Jeremiah are actually calling it from the booth. Yep. That was a move they made a few years ago. I forget where they were. There was another desk with them, but they finally went to the booth a bunch of years ago when Mayock was still doing it, Yeah, and it was genius. Like, call it like it's a sporting event. That's yeah. what it is. And so I'm down on the desk with Charles Davis and Peter Schrager, and we have a ton of fun. We just, you know, we kind of fill in between the events, you know, they're uh, in between the position groups as well, and so – we had our two cents here and there. Charles knows a ton of what's going on, obviously, uh, between the college game and the NFL since yeah. he's calling NFL games, and he knows what teams need. Peter Schrager's so well connected with GMs and coaches throughout the league, and he'll sprinkle that stuff in.
3: Do You ever, You and I were talking off air. Do you ever not marvel at Daniel's encyclopedic knowledge of every human being in a tank top and shorts? It's,
6: it's incredible. I mean, that stuff starts – Pretty much when we're done uh, with the draft. Like he gets going, he'll take a few weeks off in May and start (laughs) cranking on the next group of people. And he is a machine. He loves it. Uh, I am pleasantly surprised that some team has not scooped him up to lead their personnel department. Uh, But I think, you know, he's got four kids and I think he likes where he lives on San Diego, mm-hmm. so it would take an awful lot to pull him away from that, and he is just so good at this. He, the thing he does so well that I'm so proud of is that he explains it so that every fan can understand. That's it. And, like, that's the fun part of the combine. We get it that you're not tuned in to freaking all 20 hours or whatever we're covering this weekend. We know you're in and out, or you're checking out a position group. Like if you're a Browns fan, you're going to want to watch Thursday because of the defensive linemen, yep. because of the number of vacancies we have there. Obviously, you're going to want to check in on Saturday, the quarterbacks, receivers, running backs. We know why there, and go pick out a few guys. Like I, have, I have a few guys for you. By the way, yeah, Javon Baker is a guy on Saturday that I would watch. Um, he's a kid, I believe, out of Central Florida, like six one and a half. Uh, He's kind of in between – he's kind of a Mari Cooper size-ish. Yeah. Um, He doesn't feel as physically imposing as Cedric Tillman does. Okay. Um, A little bit different to maybe round out that receiver room. Um, Malachi Corley is a real interesting kid from western Kentucky. He's a little smaller. He's not not quite six feet, but super productive. In fact, I think the only guys who had more receiving yards – Than him combined over the last two years were Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Malik Neighbors, and Rome Adunze, and they're going to be the top three receivers taken
3: off the board. They're they're all in the top ten. I get it.
6: It's Western Kentucky, but still, if you're productive, you're productive.
3: Yeah, and and I think – so where where you went there is what I think is – when you think about this offseason, like, and they did a big job already. You restructured Denzel There will be more of those. Yep. That was announced today. There will be more of those restructures going forward. But then I think what it comes down to is when you watch, the, the, the reality is you've got to deal with the Wizard in Kansas City. You've got to deal with 15, and you've got to go through him to accomplish your ultimate goal. And he's the, he's the top of it, but you've got Allen and Burrow and Lamar and, and all of this talent in the AFC. And honestly, Chris, like if you don't have an abundance of weapons, Depth mm-hmm. of weapons, it's a it's a tough sled, and so it is. defensively, most of the they're going to have to do better at defensive. They're going to have to get new guys in their defensive tackle. I think they're, there's just going to be some guys who can't come back because some of the money is finite. But the weapon game is the game they need to be in this offseason.
6: Yeah, makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, we, even running
3: back because Nick is totally. coming back, and you don't know what that's going to be.
6: Yeah, uh, I thought Jerome Ford did a really nice job mm-hmm. last year, and he can be a weapon particularly if Nick returns and returns to form, right? Then yeah. that ch- changes the entire dynamic of that room. But, yes, they have to get better. They have to start hitting on some of these guys. Cedric Tillman's got to grow up yeah. in front of our eyes. David Bell made progress last year. He's got to be better. I mean, that the Browns have kind of given these mid-round picks almost redshirt years, and not a lot of teams yeah. do that. Yeah. So we need to see these guys get going here. Yeah. Some have. And some have fallen by the wayside. And if the Browns are going to improve on what was a very, very fun season to watch, those guys have to get better, and we do have to continue to add. Yeah, the receiver room has, in my opinion, has got to get better. And part of that is also, like, unlocking Elijah Moore. I know this is the last year of his rookie deal. Yeah. I thought he was going to add a lot more than he did. And um, I think there's more to give there.
3: It was interesting, too, because the game that Amari was out with Flacco, then you saw Elijah look yep. like what we thought he would be mm-hmm. consistently. So I think that's the other part of it, too. We are it, – it appears that under under coach we are, and I'm curious how much Ken will, will fit, factor into this, and we have a great deal of success, two-time coach of the year, all of those things, but we are a one-read, two-read offense. First guy's open, throw it to him, second guy, and then we don't get to third and fourth very often. If you look at how our how our game logs go, a lot of times it's two guys, it's Chief and it's Amari with a lion's share. We need to distribute that a little bit. I, I'm sure that's one of the, one of the factors in, in what they're doing offensively this offseason.
6: I would imagine. Uh, plus, it doesn't feel like outside of Chief and sometimes with Cooper that we're a big yak team. No. Right? No. Like, who's the best yak team in the NFL? The Niners. And they have been, it feels like, for four or five years. Yeah. And so they're putting their guys in a position to not only catch the ball, but do something with it afterward. That was the thing I was expecting out of Elijah Moore that I didn't see enough. Like, it was catch it, and then that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe two or three yards. But where's the play where he catches it and he's gone? Mm-hmm. You know, he adds another 30 to the play. Yeah. And, and I think that's incumbent on not just – you know Elijah Moore, but the scheme and figuring out ways to do it, and the delivery of the football, and all that sort of stuff. So there are areas where this team can obviously get better.
3: Yeah, I think the dynamic is that we needed to add a little of that. Totally, that needs. We thought I think they Absolutely. thought that would happen with Goodwin, and that you know the the what happened you know physically at the beginning of the year kind of. Stunted that, so you never really saw that come to fruition. But that is, they got to, you have to have those home run hitters. You got to be able to have, it's, it's great to have 10 play drives. You need a couple, three play drives in there from, from time to time as mm-hmm. well. How do you, now that you've had separation, you played a, a big part in the season as well, one of the voices of, of this season. How do you, Nathan and I talked, have talked a lot about, like, it's almost like three seasons happened in one. Mm-hmm you know, uh, with, with everything that kind of happened. Now that you get distance to it from your perspective as a fan and then also as a guy who called several of these games, how do you put that 2023 season into perspective?
6: I thought it was great. I, lo- I measure it on how much I got out of it as a fan.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: And my kids for – I mean, I have two boys that are 23 and 18. They haven't had a lot of these seasons. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a full generation now of Rose kids. And – they watch every Sunday, regardless of win or loss, over the years. But the amount of fulfillment that they got from it—that yeah. was awesome to see because it made me, it made me feel like I was in the '80s again. Yeah. And it was, you know, every week another guy would go down. And you'd be like, "Oh God, no!" <laughs> like this is where it ends, and it never ended. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. And the stuff that Flacco did those last five weeks was out of this world, amazing. That. The Thursday nighter against the Jets, I thought, was really one of the top top moments we've had as a franchise in the last four decades. I don't have a problem with it. No, easy, easily, easily, because no. it just and it, I think it was great that it was the only game on too, the whole it, world watched. Yes, and it, and there aren't a lot of times where we have clinched at home, right? Yeah. It just it hasn't happened a lot in recent memory for this franchise, and most importantly for the fan base. So to be able to enjoy it, soak it in, was that was special.
3: Well, you're Southern California. Lived there for a very long time. It's yep. a script. Like you go right. into a Disney and say, "Hey, we're gonna this guy who yeah. used to torment yeah. us. We're gonna bring him in. Then he's gonna throw for 300 yards every game, and he's gonna lead us to the playoffs." Guys on his couch. Like it's just, it's honestly, they might say it's too much. I don't know if anybody. Well, now it. these
6: days they'll they'll take anything.
3: <laughs> so actually, <laughs> it's it probably it probably <laughs> wouldn't be lighted. too much. It'll end up on some streaming service. It's you know, there it, though. Like it's just so improbable. Right. It's
6: impossible almost. It was great, and the fact that it was he came from one of our arch rivals and was like eighteen and three against us. You know, in another lifetime, was it? It, it was amazing. I mean, have you have we ever seen a guy?
3: Uh, mesmerize a city in that short a span? The only thing I could think of was like, and I'm going to date myself, not for you, but for some of the audience, old reference lost on young listeners, a little bit of uh, – there was a little bit of Linsanity. Yeah, there was. No you question. Know, if you, for the, remember Jeremy Lin with the Knicks where he had like that month. Now, it was different because Jeremy Lin wasn't a Super Bowl champion. He didn't torment the Knicks. He didn't play for the right. Celtics. wasn't a, Wasn't that. But just in terms of like Joe Flacco for the month of December was – as popular as Bernie Kozar. It was incredible. I mean, it was just, it really was incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah. The way, that, the way that he did it and the grace that he had, the way he carried himself. It, it was incredible. Uh, just leadership, everything, face of the franchise stuff. And he, it was like such a short period of time. Like we were talking about, you know, the Deshaun injury and somebody asked me, like, I'll never forget doing that show. And Nathan and I have talked about it before. Like I felt like I was presiding over a funeral with the Deshaun injury. It was like, right. the season's over. Like, I know. We'd already lost Chubb, we'd lost Conklin. Like, how much, right? And um and then so, to that touch tone, but that was in November 11th, I think is when that was something was like early that. middle of November. To think that Flacco didn't come along until well after, well, it's we, like a it's a month period. It's you, six weeks or whatever.
6: Remember the photo that somebody took of him getting on the plane. <laughs> what we had of- And I was like, wait a second, is this photo like? Is this a Joe Flacco look? I'm staring at it. And I'm yeah. blowing it up, and then it gets yeah. blurry on me. I was like, this isn't, this isn't, re- this can't, can't possibly, possibly be happening. Right, I remember you know having the discussion with people about okay, well, who are we going to get? I was like, we're not going to get anybody that's going to come here and help us out. Yeah. Really, like, has anybody checked on Colt McCoy? Can he lift his <laughs> shoulder, like, past here? Right. like, I, that's where I was going yeah. emotionally, and then to have that, it was, it was fantastic. It was a great year, and I know it's hard for us sometimes as fans to appreciate it because this isn't, this isn't, um, recess or middle school where. Like, you get a pat on the head for just showing up and trying, right? right? That's not a way – this is professional football where they get paid handsomely. Everybody in the building does. Well, a lot of people. Maybe not everybody here. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, those guys don't. Yeah, they. Yeah, and, they don't. and actually, they're. he's going to dock your check now, unfortunately. Yeah, no, the they're, they're, there's going to be a Stefansky yeah. no-show tax. They're middling at best. So, when you look at That's your next um, paycheck and there's a no-show Stefansky tax That's, and yeah. say, know where that is? Yeah, that's where it went.
3: That's where it went. But no. you
6: know, my point is, is that sometimes our perspective is okay. It's either Super Bowl or the season sucked, and that's not the case. No, here. The, the season was
3: really, really rewarding. It absolutely was. Now it, show me what you do from here. Well, that, so that's where I was going next <laughs> with you because we we talk about, and he's a big Pitts, Puke, Squealers, all that right. stuff. But what their the floor is, we win every year. Yeah. Now we're not going to win the Super Bowl every year, right. but we're going nine and eight. We're going to go ten and. So that's the key now for Andrew Berry for Kevin Stefanski for that operation is this is this is now the expectation. Yeah, I mean, let's go win the division and guarantee ourselves a home game. Yeah,
6: I, I'd love one of those. You know, we haven't yeah. seen one of those in three decades. We can, you know, the Lions are off the hook now. They are. <laughs> you know, yeah, are. I ran into a bunch of the Lions PR people in the lobby last night where we're staying, and they were having their annual NFC North PR dinner. Yeah where the defending champion pays for it. And so Detroit's <laughs> motto had been, until last night, eating free since <laughs> 93. So now they have, to have this huge tradition, right? And now they have, they're they like, what do we do? Like, what do we do when the check comes? We have to take it. You know, we've already been given oh. a certain budget for it and everything. I was like, yeah, but this is the tradition.
3: Like, you want to have this built into your budget. That is like, great. Right. So that's so, a lot of looking at the Packers over the last two decades. Right. Pick, picking up a lot of checks, and all of a sudden you got to do it. Isn't that cool, though, when you think about that little tradition that you just shared with our audience? So cool that you did. But, like, I think for sometimes we, we think the NFL is this m- mammoth entity. But it's a small world oh, when yeah. you get over here, isn't it, Chris?
6: It is. It is. Particularly, like, in certain sectors. Like I said, the PR people, they all know each other, right? Yeah because they all have the same grind mm-hmm. that they do and they all have the same frustrations and same excitements and all sorts of stuff. So there is that there is that bonding experience. Um it is a fascinating event here. It really is, right? We're watching a bunch of kids run around in their underwear for for 4 days to do things that hopefully will translate when they're trying to tackle and run past people that are chasing them down. But the rest of it is just it's a blast. It's a blast to see people and to give people hugs and, you know, just appreciate the time together. I think if, if the pandemic showed us one thing is it's like, okay, yeah, we're all competing against one another, but, damn, at the end of the day, yeah. you know, live it up, go have some fun, and, and appreciate what everybody's trying to do out there. Yeah, and
3: I, I was coming out of dinner last night, and I came around the corner, and Jerry's bus was there, mm. which is like. Did you knock? No. Why not? <laughs> I should have. I, I, I what mean, the hell would I would have said? Well. I mean, who knows what, what – I guess what would have that's been That's where your freelancing side. skills That's. Right.
6: Let's that's go. True. You could have been able to do Seriously, that. Seriously, let's, let's uh, play it, role play it out. Role play it out. How, How does it not, go? Uh, I mean, you're going to be out there.
3: Mr. To, Jerry, big fan.
6: Yeah. Just said, hey, fan. you know what? I I bet my friends that um. Yeah. they said I wouldn't knock. Right. And somebody would, you know, answer or, <laughs> you know. And I said there's I, no way that they'll let me on the bus. And so that's your next in.
3: I think so. And I also think that if somehow I could have gotten Jarrah, that we would get along famously because i think anybody who leaves their son behind while they chopper from facility to stadium because they have time to wait mm-hmm. that's my type of guy no question that's my guy I absolutely hope
6: the, i hope the three little ones are listening
3: to they that gotta, they got to got to hear right it's going to happen you get left behind, boys well i get, mean listen lock in.
6: hey if pops is uh, wealthy enough to go get that chopper and leave me that's behind right.
3: fine that's that's true that'll be their comeback i'm good with that what how do give me a timeline on this week we've got the fields news that you're waiting on, right? I think everybody. The conventional wisdom is it'll be Caleb. They'll trade him. Yeah, um, and the they should, is by how, the way. And and how quickly, right? So there's that one. Well, we he had, said,
6: uh, Ryan Pohl said yesterday that we'll do it before free agency, and
3: so that's the middle of March. You think it'll take that long, or do you think it'll take? Like you saw the Instagram post from last night, right? Yeah, I did.
6: Don't know what that is. It could have been business
3: manager. I mean, it's just social media stuff. It's right. Parse I mean, it, it. could have been
6: that they got the reservation at the restaurant they wanted. He said,
3: "I'm going home." Right? Maybe love. Maybe that's great restaurant. Could have been. Yeah, yeah, that could be it. So, um, uh, we think
6: he's going to the Falcons? It's got to be, right?
3: I mean, as a guy who I rooted for him big at Ohio State yeah, I, and love what he did, I, I want him – he's had all these coordinators. He was in one of the worst spots you yep. can be put in as a rookie quarterback. I just want him to be put in a place where he can succeed and show his best. Mm-hmm. To me, Atlanta's talent would check all the boxes. Now, they're going to have to build an offense around him. Um, and they're going to have to let him do what he does, which is run the ball and throw it deep. Yeah, But but that's (sighs) the spot to me. I mean, where else would you want him if you were rooting for him?
6: So you have to kind of follow a little bit of the coaching lineage here, right? Yeah. So Zach came from – he's running the offense down there under Raheem Morris. He came from the McVeigh tree. Oh, yeah. So McVeigh's favorite quarterback is Matthew Stafford. Mm -hmm. You know, what does he do best? Now, it doesn't mean that, that he can't deviate from that philosophy but that is not Justin Fields strength no it's not it's not so you have to be willing to take a huge leap of faith and you're putting everything in the Justin Fields basket it doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad thing but it feels like they've got so much more in place they've put a ton of draft capital in that offensive line yeah we know what they've done with top 10 top 12 picks at receiver tight end and running back right and we all thought that maybe Arthur Smith hated your fantasy team the way he ran that stuff. Right, right. So, right.
3: so with, I guess you, know, you you out in L.A. You know, like would they would they be more comfortable with a Russell Wilson type? Because Cousins isn't hitting the market. That's not the feeling I got yesterday. That because Cousins I think would be the home run for them. Like I think you win the South right. with Cousins. so I just don't think he's leaving Minnesota. Yeah, to me that is the what home course run. he said yesterday. So then it, if if Cousins isn't in play, they have to upgrade quarterback. Do they hang in the draft and they dr- look at J.J. McCarthy at 8? You mentioned they have so much into it. Do you do the – I agree with you. The field's fit isn't great. Like, if they hired Munkin to be the head coach, then now we're talking. If they would have gone that route, yep. and he could have impl- employed some of the things he used with Lamar. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't seem like that's a – that's not going to be the thing.
6: Uh, well, the other thing with fields, the the difficulty is, is the contract situation. Because sure, he's you- entering year four. Yeah. And so, that, you know –
3: that's tricky, but these are decisions that are being made at prime. Right, <laughs> these, these conversations. It is are really, happening. really
6: tricky there. I don't know where they go if they if they can't get their hands on cousins. Because I think I think if Kirk Cousins gets there, I think they are a legit threat to the Niners and to I think the Rams will continue to make progress. Um, and the Lions, I think, are really interesting. And and the Cowboys, I think, they're right
3: up there with those teams. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. It's just can they get their hands on him. And if you're if you're Quasi running the Vikings, can you risk Justin Jefferson not having someone throwing in the ball who Listen, knows he what said, he's doing? Like, he said
6: he's not trading him. Right. I think, to be honest with you, I think if you're the Vikings, this is where you turn it over, dump it, and say we're restarting. We are really restarting. Yeah. Because if you bring Kirk back, then what are they looking like? okay. They're an okay team. Daniel Hunter's not coming back.
3: No. Two stud receivers. Yes. You'd have that. There's a ceiling to it, though. You could
6: trade Justin Jefferson. You could get... I mean, look at what the Chiefs got for Tyreek Hill.
3: There's no doubt that the bounty on him would be extraordinary. And and you could move up
6: then. You, You only do that if you're Minnesota, if you have plans of moving all the way up to three, in my opinion, and getting one of those big three quarterbacks. And then restarting and saying Jordan Addison's our one, and we'll add somebody else in this draft that will help him out. Like they could
3: do a quick turn here. So is that Arizona's at four? Yep. And then the Chargers are at five. So I don't. I see no. I can't see a scenario where the where the Patriots would move out. I I don't either. Maybe Washington. Not with that ownership, no. right? They want to no, splash. I think, I
6: think all three do. I think that New England's the one where you might be able to pry it loose. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think they should. Yeah, yeah. But maybe that's it. Yeah,
3: yeah. It could very well be. It's, this is this is fun though. This is fun. This NFL comment. It's always oh, yeah. fun talking to you. Buddy. Oh yeah, of course. Great chat.
6: Yeah, good good catching up. Always good. Uh, sorry, oh,
3: KS, where are you? I mean, Gibby uh, doesn't know. He doesn't know. No idea. That's there's it. Nobody. Yeah, there's that's we all get, we got. There's our 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 medium people couldn't find him. Well, maybe we'll have to send our best. See our best people to see if they can find him. Yeah. We'll do our best. No
6: mention of Big Z today, right?
3: You know what he's doing. Oh,
6: yeah. (laughs) Oh, do I know? Yeah. Oh, we had a conversation about it two months ago.
3: Yeah. Sure did. Only he would be like, actually, is there any way that we can do this at a different time so that I'm like, come on. Guy's a a workaholic. He really is. He needs
6: this. He needs this time.
3: Ask Gibby about it. Oh, yeah.
6: About he loved it. That. We had He's a conversation about big, big, big about
3: thrilled it. about it. Yeah. Good <laughs> seeing you, tell. buddy. You too. The great Chris Rose joining us here at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Valley Bet, sports betting partner Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet. Now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
3: All right, welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily. Joined now by your head coach, Kevin Stefanski, joining us here in Indianapolis, NFL Scouting Combine. Um, I have not had, we have not had a chance to have you on the show since the season ended. And in season, we had A.B. on yesterday, and I know in season, you guys are process-oriented guys, next day, next practice, next game. You've had some time now to, to think back on the 2023 season. How do you put it into perspective? How do you appreciate it?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, now is the time for what we're doing as a uh, coaching staff is really pulling everything apart and looking at it all. And uh, certainly when you uh, don't achieve the ultimate goals of what you're trying to achieve, there, there's you carry that disappointment with you. Uh, And by the same token, you look back and you look at some of the performances uh, by our players in some adverse conditions. Uh, I I just thought there were so many times where guys stepped up. Uh, I thought the coaches got guys ready to play on, on short notice. uh, And there were really just, you kind of can go game by game of guys making plays that were just uh, hard to coach. And those are the things that I appreciate Uh, As I watch the tape and and look back at things that we were able to accomplish, doesn't mean that we're not going to try to get better because we are, uh, but I can't discount the effort uh, that you saw from the guys this past season.
3: When you and AB came in, um, and even any time we talked to Paul, it's it's the Browns way. Like this is what you're, you're building that culture, all of that. In a way, was everything you dealt with the best example of what you've built kind of coming through on the field?
1: Yeah, and and maybe, but I also know you have to do it every year. It, it's a yep. year-to-year proposition that you, that you have to you have to live out those things that you say you are. Uh, certainly, you know resilience is a big piece of. It's really part of what we talk about. It's part of our identity as being a resilient bunch. And this year of years was definitely a time to show that uh, there were moments. You know, I think back to the Pittsburgh game at home with, you know, I think we lost to Sean the week before in Baltimore, uh, which and then the team learns that he's out for the season, which was a, a you know shock to everybody, and then turn around and, and I'm proud of Dorian getting back out there and and going and helping win a football game. Uh, obviously, that was a battle because it's Pittsburgh, Cleveland, but there were moments like that game. Uh, where guys responded they, they showed that they were resilient because as we all know when it's things are easy it, it is easy uh, when things are hard it can be hard but uh, I thought we had a locker room uh, that really made sure that they kept the focus where it needed to be and, and that focus was let's go find a way to win a game
3: it's so interesting you bring up the Pittsburgh game because from your guys' vantage point what that where your head went with it you talked to fans and which is what we do and they it was like the Pittsburgh game was like we're gonna be okay that was like okay because there was a lot – you're right. I mean, that's a that's a hell of a week. Mm-hmm. The Deshaun injury, the – okay, done for the year, here we go. Now what happens? And then you got the rival coming in. That was a moment there, man, for the city, for the fans, for everybody. It's interesting that, that it felt that way for you guys too, even though they're separate in a way connected.
1: Yeah, and there's a bunch of uh, moments like that in the season. That's the one that comes to mind when you talk about being uh, resilient. Uh, but you look really across the season, I've said this so many times, you cannot predict – a season you can't predict anything in this NFL that's why everybody tunes in that's why we're all fans of this game uh, because year to year you just don't know what's coming your way and, and this year was another great example of that
3: you've been around professional sports much of your life you want to talk about unpredictable if I take you back to Greenbrier and say Kareem Hunt Joe Flacco combined <laughs> for about 20 touchdowns for the <laughs> Cleveland Browns
1: yeah wouldn't have seen that coming uh, You you would have won some money from me <laughs> certainly. I think that's
3: probably would have been a safe bet. There was a the, let's do the. I wanted to ask you about Joe a little bit because it was it's so remarkable what he did in, in that time and the professionalism, all of it that he carried and the way that he played. When we go back to those practices in LA, as as you were seeing him operate, I mean he's on a couch. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a movie script what happened this year. Like, and you're like, oh, he he got it. When did you know he's still at it that way?
1: His workout. You, you know, know that was the thing. You know we brought Joe in. Uh, And you didn't know until you saw Joe go through the workout, but uh, his workout was really impressive. And and what was it? I mean, simply movement skills, dropping back and throwing to receivers and, and putting his arm talent on display. So I knew what he was capable of. Even at that point, we brought Joe on. Joe was coming onto our practice squad it's not like joe came right onto the active roster so yeah. it wasn't like okay we got to get this guy ready to play in a week and soon enough we did uh but really it was just can we add a guy that that uh, you know has played has some experience and does he have anything left and, and the answer to me watching that workout was yes he does
3: yeah he should, He certainly did and, and proved that over the course of of the end of the season you guys announced uh earlier this week that you'd be heading back to the Greenbrier. I noticed this during the player availabilities as the season went along, and I'm, I'm sure you guys took note as well. Any time that we talked about the adversity you guys went through, they would reference that time down there. Um, what did that time mean for you? And obviously it meant enough that where you want to run it back, but what part of the team building that you see down there that you said, we got to run that back?
1: Yeah, again, it's, it's, it's not like you go down there and you can just replicate year to year, but I just think there's value in putting your football team Together. We're all sequestered. We're all embedded uh, in one place. We're all under the same roof with some weird wallpaper. Uh, <laughs> so I just think it's valuable just to have your guys around each other because, as you know, in the n- new day and age of the NFL, you're limited to the amount of time you can spend on, on a training camp date. So that time ends whatever the time is, and guys are then going home and, and going to be with their families, which is great. As you're trying to build a team, it is valuable at least for whatever it is 10 days to be around each other, and when the clock ends and, and we're done working, hey, let's go get a meal together, let's go hang out, whatever it might be, you can do that way easier when you're in a place like we're in, in, in the Greenbrier, whereas at home guys are typically kind of going the, in their own direction.
3: So that will be the jumping off point for the season next season as well, uh, A.B., with that yesterday, that 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 was going to be part of it. You mentioned that now you're going through everything from last year, a lot of changes, obviously. And and let's let's talk about your staff a little bit with Ken. What did you see in Ken and and what do you hope that he provides uh, for you? And you're always so collaborative, you know, you like the sharing and all of that stuff. What did you learn from Ken in the process that led you to believe that that would be a fit?
1: Like you said, Bo, it was a process, and we talked to a bunch of different guys, and and but ultimately felt Ken's experience as as a quarterback, as a coordinator, all the places that he's been, all the teams that he's worked for, both from a, a, a standpoint of the offensive scheme with the quarterbacks that he's worked for, worked with, uh, just felt like he was the right fit for us. Uh, I think Ken is really good for me in that we see the game in a, a lot of ways very similar, but they, we also push each other, and mm-hmm. and he has aspects of game that he's been uh, exposed to uh i have different aspects so it's a really seamless to me collaboration of bringing great ideas together and, and not just ken you know deuce staley tommy reese andy dickerson roy Istvan, guys that we've added to our group that this is really a let's put all the ideas in, in the middle of the table and, and the coaches that are that are returning you know chad o'shea is a big part of that yeah. thinking about let's okay as we put this thing together we 're not just going to do everything the same way just because that 's how we 've always done it that 's that 's not what you ever want to do. What you want to do is year to year. How can we get better? and I think we have a bunch of different perspectives now, obviously, with Ken sitting at that head of that table to put this thing back together with all that in mind.
3: and you're very fond of a lot of the guys who were here previously, but for you in terms of just getting the synapses fire again, hearing different
1: voices, have you noticed that already? Oh, without a doubt and again with as you go through this profession and, and you're you go somewhere and it 's the first year. A lot of those conversations that you have in year one, you don't really have in year two, three, four. Uh, So this has uh, been a way for us to achieve that and talk about different ways that we teach things, different ways that we run things. And that can be so nuanced. It can be so specific as to footwork. It can be so specific as to a landmark, maybe for a running back on a running play or the depth of a route. Like all of those things are the things that we're talking about now. That how do we want to do this moving forward if it's hey, this is the way we do it, this is what we believe in, is everybody on board cool all right let 's move on to the next thing. Hey, I have a different way of thinking about this let 's explore that let 's watch tape on that. Is that how we want to do this moving forward great let 's do it let 's change what we 're doing in this area let's maintain what we 're doing in this area. Those are all the conversations that we 're having right now
3: the uh the loss of bill unique i mean obviously that's the one instance where he was going where he was going do you think by the way your dad could work for you no not not smart enough. <laughs> my dad would not take any of my guidance on anything it would not go well but how do you he's the best offensive line coach maybe in the history of the sport how do you make sure that what he built is the culture of the offensive line remains going forward and yet that's because it's got to be authentic to, to, to
1: Jace, too. No doubt. And I think Andy Dickerson is somebody that I feel really strongly about. Uh, Andy actually worked with Bill, under Bill in, in New York. Uh, he's got a variety of, of different experiences. You know, Andy's coming in to be Andy Dickerson. You don't come in and try to be Bill Bill Callahan. That's just not fair uh, to Andy or to any coach as you try to, there's no such thing as replacing uh, that type of coach. So we feel really strongly about the room, about the things that we've done, uh, the the different pieces that we've added. uh, But this will be something that we work through with Andy um, but don't want to discount what I think of Bill as a person, as a coach. Uh, you know, I, I love the man. He's a great coach. I'm excited for him and Brian to be able to work together in a They're truly a unique situation. I don't, I'm sure there's examples of that uh, maybe elsewhere, but uh, this one was unique and just felt like it was the right thing to do.
3: Yeah, certainly so. I, I know a lot of uh, – I heard you in the availability over there. Uh, you and Ken are heading out to check on Deshaun. Obviously, that was a big part of our season in his rehabilitation and getting back. You've had conversations with him through this offseason, post surgery rehab. How's he doing?
1: He's doing great. You know, I've talked to Deshaun. Tried to talk to him every day, every other day via text, uh, and he's doing great. Uh, you know, his rehab is going well. He's he's exactly where he's supposed to be. Um, he's as you can imagine, he wants to go faster and faster and faster. Uh, but you know, I think it's important for Ken, for myself, to get out there especially Ken and, and Deshaun and this is such a relationship business uh you know there you, you know each other via phone calls but just to get to know each other and and, and break bread uh for a night I, I just think is important
3: yeah certainly so and that'll be such a big part of it I, I know that the the I'm not going to put you on the on the spot on a timetable but he is progressing towards you know it was always minicamp would be spinning it he, he's, he's right where c- he's supposed, supposed to, to be. be I don't
1: know exactly where that's going to mean yeah. for minicamp for training camp all those things I, I don't know
3: what did it mean to you to have, uh, and I know we see him in the building, like Nick Chubb, I mean, I just think what he means to the fans and, like, him breaking a guitar, like, all of those things with a right. Batman mask, like, that to was, go through what he went through, yeah. but then also still be that emotional heartbeat. Yeah,
1: you know, Nick's a special person, as we all know. Um, he's working very hard right this minute. Um, I can, I don't know this for sure, but he's probably in Berea right now. He's probably in the weight room, uh, seems to live in there. Uh and then you mentioned, you know, there were moments in this season without him was really hard, but uh, he'd pop his head in every once in a while and then literally pop his head into the stadium and put a, a mask on and smash a guitar, which I didn't see coming. Uh, but, you know, Nick's a great person. Uh, excited for him as he gets through this rehab, as he pushes through. Um, you know, just never going to discount Nick Chubb.
3: No, 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 not at all. Sometimes I think sometimes he has a cape. Um, you... you- I know you're not one for the individual stuff, but what did it mean for you to see Miles win Defensive Player of the Year? That's something he has chased for a long time. We had a lot of individual comeback Player of the Year for Joe, all of those things. As you, were you watching as the that
1: show? Did you get us? Yeah, I was watching the show. My kids had it on. Um, very excited for you know, very excited for Miles. So obviously deserving. That was you know the no brainer of no brainers for us. You know, unbelievable player. It, it, you probably should have won. It. That should. Probably shouldn't be his first. Yeah, um, won't be his last. Uh, to, for Joe, and, and I think the whole NFL recognized how unique that situation was. Uh, w- was fun, and then for Jim, you know, a Jim winning assistant coach of the year I think is is awesome. And I think all of those things are individual accolades, which are are great for the sport. Uh, but this is the greatest team sport there there is. So all of those individual accolades really reflect on the team, and and that's what I'm most proud of is because it says something about our teammates. Were
3: you watch, Were your kids watching when you won?
1: Yes, we had it on. Um, that was, speaking of unique, uh, that, w- that was different. You know, it was funny. Uh, I'm sitting there and with the kids, and actually I just put my daughter to bed, and I got my phone out, and my phone starts buzzing, and I guess there were, there were some media members, I'm not going to say who, that were in attendance at that. So I'm watching it. I'm probably 15 seconds be- delay. behind them. So I'm sitting there, and my phone starts buzzing, and I pick it up, and it says, congratulations, Stephen. And I'm like, what in the, does that mean? So I put it away, and then what happens happens. I'm like, okay, now that now that makes sense. <laughs> so that, yeah, that was a uh, that's pretty great. Yeah, that was that was crazy. <laughs> but Were I, the kids like, Dad? Well, I, I I've told the story. I don't. I have a cousin, Steve, who's very who I'm very close with, who yeah. my kids are very close with. So it wasn't the fact that they said the wrong name that was a big deal. It was the yeah. fact that they said Steve. So we immediately picked up the phone and, and called uh, Uncle Steve, as my kids call him. Um, and he was pretty excited. He's had a very good month. He's had some fun with this. Week. I think if I'm Uncle Steve, that might be like my answering machine or my ringtone <laughs> might be, right? That might be good. He uh, He's expecting uh, he's expecting the red carpet when he gets back out here to Cleveland uh, to go play some golf. <laughs> that's, very, that's very, very good. You ever you ever get a little flex with the kids? Maybe they're not listening to you? I, you know, two-time
3: coach of the year. Maybe you ought to listen to what I'm saying here. No, they're bit. not listening. That, no, that no respect? That does not move the needle. <laughs> What's next for you? What's the next couple of weeks like for you? You guys got free agency, Yeah, uh, and then and 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 that's where you are. Yeah,
1: March is busy. You know, we'll, uh, again, we're kind of full speed ahead with the coaches in in our meetings, which have been going really well. Then at the end of March, it's the league meetings. We'll head down to uh, Orlando with everybody, and and as you know, just spend some time down there with different people and and make sure we're kind of all on the same page. That's where you find out about some rule changes and and all that type of stuff, but in between, it's free agency, and and I'm as interested as everybody to see how it all plays out. There's there's always uncertainty uh, in these things, but I can promise you Andrew has a plan and then a backup plan and then a backup plan to that backup plan. So uh, he's well prepared, and, and we'll see how it all shakes out. Contingencies built upon contingencies. That's right. Great
3: senior you, Coach. Good senior, you, Thanks. Bro. Kevin Spansky joining us. So much more to come. you listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
3: All right, be sure to check out the Browns' social media channels daily to play the Browns' digital scratch-off game for your chance to win club seats and other great prizes presented by the Ohio Lottery, the official lottery of your Cleveland Browns. So there you go. That's quite a, quite a day. There's a day. That's a day, I mean, buddy. hour
5: two, we didn't know what, what was coming, what to expect. Jordan Reed will join us later in the week. Yeah. Kelsey Russo, our staff writer, handling that, yeah. doing a great job. Had to move a few things around. That's right. Communicated well within the department.
3: Good and, to go. And and yet, huge Venus yeah. on display. Just yep. just crush a couple of uh, fantastic interviews, C. Rose and I, and then uh, the great Stefanski. Yeah. Um, I, I know that, look, there is, there is news of the day stuff that he addressed in podiums and with the beat. That was the first time we've had a chance to talk to him on this show about what had happened that season yeah. in a more intimate way. The 2023 season. Yeah, and and then what can can go forward from that? And the one thing that I think you got out of that was, and I think you got in our conversation with A.B. yesterday, that's the floor. Postseason's the floor for this group, and that they are so driven to make sure that that is the floor and that what comes next is more of it and even better of it. Um, and I think that I, I liked what AB said yesterday when he talked about, look, like it can't be playoffs or Super Bowl or it's a failure. Like that's, that's such a hard world to live in. Uh, but at the same time, as you heard from Kevin, like we didn't accomplish our ultimate goal, right? When the division do yeah. those things, like those are the things that we didn't do. And so while it's remarkable and to hear him talk about Joe and the workout and knowing then that like, oh, he's. He's got it. He's still got He's gonna it. He's going to be. He, he could be more than a backup if we need to. He can play. Yeah, like yeah. like those type of things. And uh, I thought that it was interesting because I thought yesterday when when Nathan asked A B about um, uh, about the Deshaun injury, um, and and he said, look, like I had twenty four hours, forty hours heads up, and he even acknowledged that I had to understand that everybody else didn't. For everybody else, it was happening in that moment, and they were having to deal with it. And while I had known and I'd gotten my head around it, nobody else had, right? Everyone else was trying to trying to put it all together and make sense of it. So um, I know this. We were here. Is it now? Is it four season four years ago? Their first combine with AB and Kevin. Well, the first combine, they yeah, no, they yeah, were was twenty twenty it was, we it, was the next, two, it was literally the week 10 shut days. down. Yeah. the next week was yeah. two weeks later. The world shut down with yep. the conference championship. Remember, yeah. the Ivy League didn't play, and it was like well, yep. I don't know. But we were we were here, and we had talked to those guys then. And to think about everything that they had, I think it is fair to say that the that what they through a lot through COVID through the Baker Odell all of that stuff through all the injuries, all of it they have built what they want to do, which is a very high floor for an NFL franchise and a very high culture floor. They have that. Uh, And when you go through what you went through this season, still win 11 games, I think it proves it. And buckle
5: up, because the next month, a lot's going to happen.
3: A lot going on. Yeah,
5: I mean, there's going to be a lot of movement. I mean, you saw Denzel restructuring his deal, saving the team uh, $11 million and change. So that'll work out well. There's going to be a lot more of that, I feel like. And, you know, then we just – you know, we see what who who's back and who's not. A lot of one-year deals, yeah. And
3: and the other thing is, is because because of the, in this league, everyone else is doing the same thing. So Kansas yeah. City's won two straight Super Bowls. They're in your conference. You got to chase them down. You know, you heard Cincinnati this week. Like we're bringing back T. Higgins one way or another. We're going to sort it out. So like, the margins are the margins. Something's going to happen with these quarterbacks. Wherever they're going to end up. Those are going to happen in the next week or so. So uh, the league is going to continue to evolve, and we'll be here every step of the way to keep you updated on the Browns' part in all of that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good, Good job. job. To you, Gabe. Safe travels. Uh, we'll talk right. to you tomorrow. Very, You will indeed. Uh, the next level is coming up next. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.